Okay, um, I think I think I'll start there. We've got a few people joining this afternoon. Um, I'd just like to introduce myself. My name is Mr. Lindsay. I work in a secondary department up in the, um, and I teach psychology. And since since teaching psychology, wherever I've taught it, either here in Singapore or in Scotland, there's always been a unit on sleep, and it's it's I've sort of developed a big interest in sleep, and from that sort of a keen interest, I've wanted to like tell people a lot about sleep, and that's sort of why I'm here today to inform you a little bit about why sleep is important to all of us um, and think about the benefits of getting a good night's sleep. Now, there's one thing I just want to start off by admitting is that I'm not an expert in sleep. Some people do have genuine sleep disorders or sleep problems, and that's something that can be treated by an expert. But what I want to talk to you today about is just a few little tips that might help um, increase your quality of sleep or increase your amount of sleep and overall help with how much sleep you're getting. So uh, I'll start off by just thinking about this, this general question. Um, who is tired now? A lot of us are probably, if you, if you ask people around you, most people will say about 4.30, 5 o'clock in the evening or afternoon, most people are starting to get tired. And I want to just try and think about how tired we are and how tired are the young people around us, um, the people who are parents to or the people who are guardians to. So have a little thing to yourself. How much sleep did you get last night? Um, try and clock the hours, sort of think, when did you go to bed? When did you get up? And the other question I want us to think about is, how much sleep did your child get last night? And um, I'm going to tell you in a sec how much they should be getting. But the one thing is, I, I don't want you to be alarmed too much. It is suggested that only 40% of teenagers are getting a recommended amount of sleep. But hopefully, with a few of the tips I give you today, you can sort of increase that um, amount of sleep your your child or your um, your child is getting. So having had maybe a little think about that, um, it is recommended that adults, okay, so that's all of us on this call, we need about seven to nine hours of sleep a night. I know some people say, oh, I can live off five, um, I can live off four, but if I'm honest, the, the research suggests that the chances of you having that genetic trait are the same chances of being hit by lightning. So it's not very likely you're going to be one of those people who, who actually needs that little sleep. So we all really need a lot of sleep and probably a lot of us aren't getting it. For 11 to 17 years old, it's suggested to be eight and a half to nine and a half hours of sleep a night, okay? Um, and for five to 10 years old, it's 10 to 11 hours of sleep a night. The reason being children are growing and having to recover a lot more and sleep is where a lot of this happens, a lot of this takes place. So there's a little chart sort of demonstrating the main areas, but. I'm going to focus today on a little bit about adults, sleeping patterns, um, the sleeping patterns of your 11 to 17 year olds or the secondary children and the sleeping patterns or the sleeping habits of five to 10 years old. Okay, so humans asleep. We are the only species that deprive ourselves of sleep. Any other species out there, um, animals, if they need sleep, they will stop and sleep. But humans are the only ones that deprive ourselves of sleep. Now, this is suggested to be our, our lifestyle, work, stress, and the influence of psych bugs. Now these are environmental stimuli um, that tell us when it's time to be awake or to be asleep. So having a lack of sleep has a massive negative effect on us all and people around the world. And it is suggested to be co costing countries productivity millions each year. And it has a big impact for us as adults, but it can also have a big impact for your children and learning. So I don't want to alarm you and I don't want to be don't, don't want to be too negative with regards to this, but there are a lot of things um, 
that sleep can help improve, but there are also a lot of negatives from having a bad amount of sleep. So a good sleep routine leads to improved memory, better muscle growth, better mood, you feel happier. Your immune response is a lot stronger. It actually correlates with living longer, improves your mental and physical health, and improves testosterone levels in men. But a lack of sleep carries a lot of negatives. And I'm gonna focus not on just pupils, as I said, but also on adults. It can affect your concentration, it can affect your work rate, emotions and mood are raised higher, it leads to weight gain and immune system decrease and performance decrease. And I'm going to start off just by focusing on the negatives and highlighting a few things that um, happen with, uh, when, when we experience a lack of sleep for maybe one or two or a couple of days or consistently throughout our lives. So one big thing is that 20 hours of being awake, and now sometimes people do a 20 hour stint of being awake, has the same cognitive impairment as being legally drunk. Any excess amount of time of being awake naturally leads to slower reaction times and decision-making abilities dropping and trouble concentrating. So I'm not saying that 20, we're all gonna be experiencing 20 hours of sleep, but any lack of sleep does lead to this, okay? And this has a big impact in the classroom. If we think about it at school, an underslept worker or student takes on less work challenges and simpler ones. You're, you're more likely to slack more. That's the idea of social loafing, where you just go along with the group um, rather than actually have an impact on any group work. Uh, less underslept workers or students come up with less creative solutions. And this is a big one. Even bosses and teachers who have slept less are rated as less charismatic. So it's a big impact on the students, but also other people around them, okay? And even adults. Um, I'll just move this. The negative effects of sleep also lead to uh, emotions being raised higher, um, is a big one, and less self-control over emotions. So you're more likely to get angry quicker rather than sort of think about your re reactions to stuff. It also has a big effect on mood. Less sleep correlates with higher levels of depression, and in turn, depression affects sleep, okay? which leads to sort of a vicious cycle emerging where a lack of sleep affects mood and depression can lead to a lack of sleep. So they sort of co um, coincide with one another. Staying up late as well, and this is more prominent in adults, staying up late means we eat more. And it also affects two hormones related to sleep. Um, sorry, lack of sleep affects two hormones. Leptin, the hormone that makes us full, and gremlin, the hunger hormone, are released less. So a lack of sleep leads to um, leptin repressant and hunger hormone is ramped up. So we don't feel as full when we eat and we become more hungry. And overall, research has suggested that if you have five to six hours of sleep at night, you have 200 to 300 calories extra a day. Just by staying up that extra bit of time, you're more likely to eat more, which leads to 70,000 calories a year. And that's about 10 to 15 pounds of mass a year, ultimately leading to higher risk of diabetes. Lack of sleep also correlates with a weaker immune system. Our body isn't able to recover so that we can fight back diseases. And finally, in men, less than, having less than six hours of sleep at night leads to a 30% decrease in physical performance. So think about athletes who don't maybe sleep well before a competition, they don't get that physical performance. But for men especially, their testosterone levels are 10 years your current age if you're consistently having less than six hours of sleep at night. So... 
what I want to do now is just talk about some simple bedtime tips that you can try and incorporate. And I'm not trying to say do all of these, but maybe adding one or two of them and also modeling these tips will have a big impact on your own sleep, your own sleep hygiene and that of your, um, your child's sleep hygiene. So these are things like having a consistent bed and wake time, trying to control the amount of blue light emitted from your phone or TVs or laptops, having a cool room, diet, and thinking about naps. Okay, and I'll tell you about this thing called the Nappuccino, which uh, I, try, I, I try to do as much as I can at the weekends. Um, and if you're maybe working from home, I really recommend trying to increase the chance of having a Nappuccino, but I'll come on to that in a sec. So the first one, it's just keep bed, your bedtime and wake time regular, even at the weekends. Sleep isn't something you can bank. So it's not like Monday to Friday, you can have five hours of sleep a night and then at the weekend, try and have loads more. You can't bank it. We need to drink, try and keep sleep consistent throughout the week. So keeping your bedtime and wake time regular throughout the week really does well to keep your circadian rhythm on track. Um, this is something that as an adult, you can, you can model and sort of try and show that that you're doing as well, okay? Uh, try and have a relaxing bedtime routine, okay? Activity-wise, reading is a really good one. Something that's really bad at the moment, and I know that a lot of people uh, participate in it, or children or students participate in it, is gaming. Gaming is really bad for increasing your heart rate, getting you really excited. So try and have a really relaxing bedtime routine, and again, keeping the same. Even try and keep the lights dim when you sleep, because the blue light can stop the secretion of melatonin. And this is something that I used a lot throughout uni. If you can see in the top left-hand corner, corner of the screen, there's a picture showing this app, Flux, in, in action. Now, when I was at university, I used to use my laptop quite a lot late at night to do work. And the application Flux, what it does is it takes out the unnatural blue light that would naturally be permitted, being permitted outside by the sun at the time. So it makes your screen a lot duller and it's less likely to keep you up um, at night. Mobile phones, a lot of iPhones now have a sort of sleep mode or a sleep time in them, which is really useful if you are going to, someone going to be using your phone late at night. I think it's suggested that uh, 40 minutes of like the bright light from an iPad late at night is the exact same amount of light as you'd be getting from walking through a bright forest um, during the daytime. So it can really act upon keeping you awake at night. I'll give you a little tip here and just talk a little bit about this, the sleep cycle now. And um, th this is a diagram of the sleep cycle if you were to maybe get about eight hours of sleep a night. And what it shows is that every hour and a half, you go through this stage called REM sleep or one sleep cycle. And REM sleep is where we dream and it's where a lot of things happen. And I don't know if you've ever, or usually when you wake up, sometimes you wake up feeling fresh, you feel bang on, you feel ready to go for the day. And then sometimes you could wake up similar time, but you feel really rough, really groggy. It's really hard to get start. And what that depends on is where you're waking up in your sleep cycle. So every hour and a half, we go through a sleep cycle. Here's a little picture of a sleep cycle. So one sleep cycle lasts an hour and a half. And if you wake up at the end of that, just after you've had a dream, that's where you wake up feeling fresh, ready to go sort of naturally, because it's almost as close as you are to being awake. If you wake up sort of in the middle of that sleep cycle, let's say 40 minutes into it, you wake up feeling a little bit, it's a little bit tougher, a little bit groggy to get up. So it's suggested that you can try and plan to fall asleep to wake up feeling fresh. So 
if let's say as an adult, seven and a half hours of sleep is required for you and you want to get up at 6 a.m., you want to work back in 90 minute blocks so that you wake up at the end of a sleep cycle feeling fresh. So the idea is you want to aim to be asleep by 10.30. So you wake up at 6 a.m. and it's at the end of one of these sleep cycles. You can try and do the same calculations with your kids if it's eight and a half hours or you want them to try and get nine hours of sleep at night. Just change the timings a little bit. So you're trying to fall asleep at nine o'clock for your child. So if they want to get up at 6 a.m. So waking up at the end of a sleep cycle can be a really good thing. It's something that I've found really helpful. Um, the less blue light is a big one late at night. Uh, this graph here shows the production of melatonin and the secretion of melatonin into the system throughout the day. Now, melatonin is a hormone that is released as it starts to get dark at night, as the environment starts to trigger or to suggest that it's time to fall asleep. And as you go throughout the day, your brain builds up lots of melatonin. It's almost like, I imagine your, your body makes up this, this sleep hormone melatonin. It's almost like your brain blowing up a big balloon of melatonin. And as it starts to get dark at night, your, your brain starts to secrete a little bit of the melatonin into your system and it starts to make you tired. So almost like it pops a little hole in that balloon and starts to make you tired. But going on a mobile phone late at night and getting the blue light from the mobile phone stops the secretion or bright light from a TV screen or a laptop stops the secretion of this melatonin. So trying to stay off electronic devices at night means that this melatonin gets released naturally throughout the evening. So really trying to stay off them throughout the night. As I said, even try and keep the lights dim when brushing the teeth. The last thing we do before we go to bed is brush our teeth, usually in a bright bathroom. But trying to keep the light dim then has a big impact on this um, dim or really down, lets the melatonin still be released. Okay, so try and stay off the blue light, or even if you are gonna use your phone, use those apps like Flux. Keeping it cool helps a lot. The room you're in, or trying to keep your, they say trying to keep your trunks, your outer limbs cool, helps for a better night's sleep. So trying to keep sleep in a cool room is natural for the body and leads to better deep sleep and REM sleep. Trying to avoid caffeine, massive one, close to bedtime. Now caffeine actually stays in your system for up to six hours um, and it, it keeps you awake. And it's not known too much about a lot of the things that have caffeine in it. Everyone knows that green tea or coffee has caffeine in it, but dark chocolate, Diet Coke, coffee flavored ice cream are all things that have high amounts of caffeine in them that people sometimes do consume close to bedtime. So trying to avoid caffeine close to bedtime or even after two or three o'clock, two or three o'clock is a really good tip to try and improve your quality of sleep. This might not be something that affects your children, but it might affect you. Trying to have less food, more exercise throughout the day, less booze, and just relax in the evening is a big one. Avoid eating close to bedtime up to two hours before, and especially sugary snacks. So you want to give your body time for your um, food to digest and get into your digestive system. And eating close to bedtime can disrupt, disrupt that. Try and exercise throughout the day. Um, it really helps increase your, your sleep as you recover more, um, and it puts you into deeper sleep. But try and not do it too close to bedtime. Try and have a relaxing evening. I know during the week when I have rugby training later in the evening, I struggle to get to sleep at night because I've been so excited about eight o'clock, nine o'clock after training, it's really hard to get to sleep. But try and um, exercise during the day, but not too close to bedtime. And try and drink less in the evening. Even water, an hour before bed, try and drink then. And alcohol may make you fall asleep quicker, but it actually stops your dreaming and reduces the quality of sleep. 
So again, try and avoid that. The final two are a little bit about napping. Now, if you do need a nap, it's really good to do if you've got the time to have a nap, but try and not nap longer than 40 minutes. If you nap over 40 minutes, um, you go into your sleep cycle and you can disrupt your sleep later on in the evening. So you sort of start to go into that deeper state of sleep. And that's really beneficial for emotional regulation, learning and memory. And this is the one for adults. If you drink coffee or tea, try an appuccino. So the idea is that if you have a tea or coffee, then nap. So caffeine actually takes 30 to 50 minutes or 40 to 50 minutes to kick in. Um, people think it hits you instantly, but it actually takes a while for your body to process it. So you can have a good refreshing nap. If you have a coffee or a cup of tea, then have a quick nap and you usually wake up 30 to 40 minutes later or 50 minutes later once the caffeine's hit in and you wake up feeling refreshed, your mood is better, you're more ready to learn and the caffeine's hit you so you're really ready to learn. So it's a really good tip, something that I really recommend. And the final thing, and it doesn't really affect a lot of us at the moment, but a tip for dealing with jet lag um, is try to exercise as soon as you land, if it's still daytime. Eat in the time zones that you're in. It helps to sync your body clock. Keep your room completely dark when you're sleeping. This is when an eye mask is really helpful. Um, it helps with the melatonin production and secretion. And melatonin supplements can help, but only in the short term. So if you may be doing one big trip and you've got a bit of jet lag, melatonin supplements can help. So give you that melatonin boost when you want to sleep, but they can only help in the short term. They're not a good thing to help in the long term. Um, anyway, that's uh, that's everything. I hope you enjoyed that. And um, if you have any questions, feel, feel free to contact me. Like I said, uh, I'm not saying do all of these tips, but I'd say maybe just try one or two of these things. And it's not going to have an effect overnight but it will have an effect when you try it for about two weeks. It can have a real big impact on, on your quality of sleep, which will affect a, a lot of other places in your life. Um, thank you very much. Thank you for listening to the Dover Court podcast. Please subscribe to our channel.